We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Save big money on everything. Now at Menards. Make quick work of your outdoor cleaning project with Master Force Outdoor and Landscaping Tools. The 80-volt cordless trimmer is powerful, efficient, and hassle-free. So you spend less time working on your yard and more time enjoying the results. On sale now through May 19th. Check out our wide selection of Master Force tools and see the rest of our deals on Menards.com. Save big money at When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey y'all, welcome back to Better Tomorrow with Hannah Brown. I am so excited about our guest today. At 30 years old, American gymnast Sean Johnson East has accomplished a lifetime of achievements that include Olympic medals, a New York Times bestselling book, several businesses, a career in broadcast, and a Mirabal trophy after winning Dancing with the Stars. Born and raised in Des Moines, Iowa, Sean's girl next door charm led her to be named America's Sweetheart. After retiring from gymnastics in 2012, Sean made appearances on several TV shows, including The Apprentice and Adventure Capitalist. Sean married Andrew East, with whom she has documented her life with on their shared YouTube channel, which has over 405 million views and a podcast, which has climbed to number two on the overall charts. I had the best time interviewing Sean today. She was just honestly the dream guest to have, especially being new to this. We had so much to talk about. We had a lot of things in common. We talk about obviously not this in common, um, her being uh, one of the most accomplished gymnasts in history uh, and what that all entailed growing up in that lifestyle. Um, We talked about what it's what was so great about that, but also some of the things that were really hard. We talk about body image, which I think we both connected with having struggles in that and how she has been able to combat that. Um, she actually really inspired me and in how I can continue to, um, I don't want to say, yeah, I guess recover and, and really um, love on my body. And um, she's just really inspiring. We talk about how she has transitioned from um, her life as a gymnast to now as a mom and a social media content creator. We talk about Sean and her husband Andrew's new venture in this media conglomerate called Family Made and um, their passion of bringing great content that focuses around families. Uh, We talk about being both Dancing with Stars, Miraval Champions, uh, and what that experience was like. Uh, 
she's just the coolest. And I'm so thankful that she uh, joined us today. And I think you're really going to enjoy the conversation. So here we go. Meet Sean Johnson. How, how far along? Uh, four months, but a third, it looks like nine months. So well, you're so, t- you're so tiny. Yeah. My husband there's no... gives me really large babies. <laughs> large. <laughs> well, yeah, Seriously. he's huge. Yeah. My, la- my son was 10 pounds when he was born. He's no. huge. Yes. Yeah. Lord 10 help me. 10 pounds? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Great. Wow. Do you enjoy pregnancy? <laughs> hate it. Okay, I love that. Hate it. Because I'm, I mean, I'm not obviously there yet. Um, no, but I, it I scares, am, it, I just, it scares me. I and when am people not say they like those. it, no. Like, no. would you, I mean, if you could, would you do a surrogate ever? Yeah. Yeah, I, that's how I feel. I if feel, it was like, if it was me still somehow, like, if you cloned me and, it was like you could feel it, but yeah, like a little. When but you then not have. If I could take it off at night, yeah, that'd be great to work out. But no, I am not a love pregnancy person. It is such a miracle. It's such a blessing. I would never like. It's such a blessing that I can get pregnant and hold a pregnancy and stuff. But no, I hate it. Do you like the feeling of like connect? Like, do you feel like it's actually no. connecting though? No. Mm-mm. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, I love this because I, I don't. I just kind of not grosses me out. No, but it's I'm like, like an alien. It doesn't. Yeah, and I, like, I, I get claustrophobic. Like I get really like, oh my god, something's living in me. This is weird. Yeah, that's it's weird. It freaks me out. Yeah, I do- love infants. Like I love the second baby. Like is put in your arms. Yeah, that's sweet because it's outside of you and you can t- touch yeah. it. You don't. Yeah. It's not like sitting right here. Yeah, like, and I get like. Anxiety thinking about it. It just gets worse every day. Oh, gosh. It gets so better because it's growing, but it's like. Do you yeah. find out if it's a. We found out with our daughter. We didn't find out with our. Or we didn't find out with our daughter, our first one. We did a gender reveal with her son. We are not going to find out this time. Okay. That's what I want to do. It's amazing. Because I love surprises. Oh, it's the Surprises sweetest. are my favorite, even though I try to. Um, figure it out. I try to figure it out. Yeah. That's like my game. Yeah. It's like a, a a movie, like a thriller or a murder mystery, something. I always figure it out, I feel yeah. like. But with that, you really can't until it pops out. It's the best. And it's the sweetest moment in the whole entire world. I feel like when you're pregnant as a woman, like the whole pregnancy is yours. A guy doesn't get it. They yeah. don't understand. But like when the doctor tells the husband or the partner for the first time and they get to tell you, it's like their moment. It oh. was, oh, it was amazing. So you're definitely doing it again. Yeah, for sure. <gasps> Yay! Oh, we just jumped into the pregnancy, yeah. guys. Uh, <laughs> hi, everyone. Welcome. Yeah. This is Sean Johnson. She's pregnant. Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Sean Johnson East. Sorry, I... Oh, I don't care. He doesn't care either. <laughs> he doesn't care. He's used to it. Yeah. Did you change... Have you changed most of your... Yeah, it took me like... You did. We've been married seven years. You finally are like, okay. We've been working on it for seven years. Yeah, so I think about that too. I don't know. I just... It's a, it's just hard. Like a guy doesn't have to deal with it. I had nothing against taking my husband's name. Yeah. But like, it's like changing it on everything. Changing it is so hard. Passports, TSA, businesses, LLC, like everything. Yes. And that takes time. 
So seven years later, seven years later, Sean Johnson is, is here. <laughs> There's still some confusing. My passport still says Sean Johnson, which I don't know how that's even legal because my social security is Sean East. So I just went to Israel and came back and they were fine. Oh, yeah, I saw. So, how was that? It was great. Have you ever been? No, we didn't get to stay in Israel. So we did like a, that was just where the, we did a cruise and that's where it ported. Yeah, was it? I don't, I try to keep up with things. No, Greece? It was in Greece. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which I don't even, I am bad at geography. I don't know how Israel's close to Greece. That confuses me, but. I don't know either. Maybe it's not. <laughs> I think it is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How close is it? I don't know. Um. Okay, well, thank you so much for being yeah, here today. Thank you for having me. It took a little while getting this to happen. It did. For both of us. It did. I but apologize. Like, and I, took a while I was, today. I was like stuck in Europe last uh, time. Yes, which casually. It's not bad. Did you have like but... a canceled flight? Or oh my gosh. <laughs> no, it was a, a delayed flight, and then I couldn't, there was no way I would, was going to make it in London. So then I got to stay in London for two days, which is amazing, which was so nice. London is great. Yeah, I love it. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm back now. Welcome home. Um, also, welcome is new to home. Nashville. Yeah. We were so excited when we heard you were coming here. So. I have loved it. Good. It was it was hard at first um, because I really felt like I found myself in a way in Santa Monica. Yep. I lived there. And so moving here, I was just a bit nervous. I'm from Alabama. Yep. Just wasn't going to be like immediately. I'm like, yes. oh, this feels really nice like I don't yeah. know where else I would want to be same I started in Iowa we were in Brentwood California oh for three years <gasps> did you love Brentwood loved Brentwood. yeah it's it was home same, it's like the same thing yeah. as Santa Monica like it's it's not fully like Los Angeles it has no. like a little pocket and it has its own little world you live in mm -hmm. yeah we loved it and then we moved to Nashville with babies when we got pregnant and it's been home we love it here how long have you been here I mean we've been here 12 years okay so my husband went to Vanderbilt, so we've been here since he was in college. Okay. How did y'all did y'all meet? Did you go to Vanderbilt? Um, no, not technically. Okay. I was supposed to go, and then I, and then I dropped out. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was literally a week before college started, and okay, a lot of tangent conversations, but I love it. It was a week before Vandy was. I was supposed to start college, mm -hmm. and I got offered to the Apprentice. And so you got to do the apprentice. It was great. It was great. It was Trump's last season, um, which is a whole nother story. Um, so I did that and then ended up doing college online through Penn State. But I met my husband. His oldest brother is an Olympic cyclist. Okay. And I met him at the Olympics. Not my husband, my husband's when brother. When you were like 16? When I was there in 2012 oh, okay. working. So okay. I went to a track cycling event at the event or at the Olympics, which I know nothing about. And I met this USA athlete named Guy East and he was explaining the event and there was no like romance there. Don't worry. Um, but we were like talking and at the end of the conversation, he said, I really want you to meet my younger brother. I was like, okay, whatever. Set us up on a blind date and we're three kids in now. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yes. The Olympics... The made Olympics. everything happen for you. It did. It did. <laughs> Which I really obviously want to talk about. Okay. Yes. Gymnastics because I'm just so fascinated by it because I was a cheerleader for one year and I hated flipping. It scared me. So 
I'm just fascinated by people who can do all these crazy things in the air, and that's you. Oh, wait, you are the most fascinating. What? I'm sorry. I've like slightly stalked your whole career, and because of Nastia <gasps> and stuff, I watched you on Special Forces. Dude, you're a boss. I think I. You're intimidating. Out. I think I blocked out. No, She's I'm not. She's a boss. No, I'm. I, I. I swear, I'm not. No, you are. The Olympics is like mental. You've got that. Well, that's what I wanted to talk about okay, okay. because I feel like not only is it the physical part of it is so hard, which I want to talk about, but like mentally, how do you prepare for that at such a young age? Because I'm just a few years younger than you. And I remember watching it being like, how? how? I could never imagine that much pressure. Like I'm just trying to survive being a teenager and you're trying to do that plus win Olympic medals in front of millions of people, the world. That's a lot. It is a lot, but I think thinking about it in that context makes it seem so much scarier than it actually is for who I was at that age. Mm -hmm. So I was 16 years old when I competed at the Olympics. I started gymnastics when I was three. I started competing at the age of six, which is all very normal in gymnastics. Like that's kind of the normal. You start at six. You start at three. Usually you start gymnastics at three. Okay. Um, when you have a three-year-old, which you'll learn someday, there aren't many things you can do with a three-year-old. Mm -hmm. You can put them in ballet, you can do like a swim lesson, and you can do gymnastics. Mm -hmm. like th those are like the only things that offer or I started dance at three. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. And so I started gymnastics. It was really close to my house when I was three, and I loved it. And then just normal trajectory for gymnastics. Around the age of six, you get the opportunity to like almost like a dance recital. You get to compete, hmm. but it's it's like a six-year-old dance recital. It's nothing crazy. Okay. Um, but that kind of escalated because by the time I was 12, I made the USA national team. Was that the – are you the youngest? No. <laughs> There's younger. That make – the, like, Olympic team or the USA – I don't um, know the difference. So the USA me. national team is technically just, like, the highest level okay. in gymnastics. That's not the Olympic team. It's the team that you would choose from. Okay. Once you become of age, so you have to be at least 16 years old to be selected for the Olympics. But I made that team at 12 and I started traveling internationally. But for me at that time as a kid, I ran track. I danced. I did my little hip hop and jazz. Um, I was in soccer. I swam. I did gymnastics just like as a normal kid would. And when things got more and more time consuming as I kind of got older, gymnastics was my favorite. And not to like take away from my career, but there was nothing extreme about it. I just loved gymnastics practice. And at the Olympics, I had been competing for 10 years. So I kind of had my routine. And I think because I was so young and so naive, I didn't, I was not able to comprehend the capacity of like what was happening. Every once in a while, like, the little thoughts would be like, oh, I'm at the Olympics. I need to do well. But if you put me at the Olympics now, I would choke. There's no chance. Yeah. Because I'd be like, holy crap. There's how many millions of people watching this? But back then, I wasn't, I wasn't able to do that. You just loved to compete? I loved it. But do you consider yourself a very – like, were you always a naturally competitive person? Or did you oh, just yeah. like to do gymnastics? It didn't matter about winning. No, I'm like – Yeah. I'm – very competitive at everything. It's very unhealthy. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so are you. I try to pretend like I'm not, though. <laughs> but you are. But I am. Yes. I, I just want 
to do my best and I get very, um, I'm just like very critical and I, it's not even that I'm like, I want to be better than I was before and everything. I think that's great, but I also want to be better than other people. <laughs> yes. But your whole mindset of like wanting to be better than other people was my entire mindset, my whole career in gymnastics. Because I idolized all of these girls that I was competing with and I would watch them and be like, oh my gosh, I want to be able to do that. Yeah. And so I'd go back to the gym and be like, can we try her skills? And like I would, I would chase all of these athletes for years. And I remember the moment standing at a competition where I was on the first place podium and the two girls that I idolized were next to me. And I literally, it was like imposter syndrome times a million. I was like, I need to get off this podium right now. Like, I don't want to make them mad. They are my idols. They're my heroes. A judge got something wrong. And that's kind of how I felt my whole career. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. I obviously, I know Nastia. And obviously y'all competed against each other, but then on the same team. What is yeah. that like when you're, yeah. you have to have like that camaraderie? In some aspects, but then you're like, no, I, I want to beat you. It's very difficult. And I think it was it was really hard for us back in the day because we were 16-year-old kids. And so, or 16-year-old girls, which is even mm -hmm. harder. <laughs> um, it's like high school, but on the Olympic Stadium. Um, me and Nastia and then Alicia and Bridget and all of our teammates, we were used to it. We were used to kind of flipping that switch where one day we'd have to compete against each other and be each other's top competitors. But then the next day it'd be like, we're all working together to compete against China and Russia. We were used to that, but it did make it really hard because it made it hard to always feel like a really bonded team. You always kind of felt like you had a guard up. Mm -hmm. um, we don't feel that way anymore. We're like best friends. But it was difficult in the moment to like, be super warm because you didn't know what side of your competition angle you had to have on. Absolutely. I mean, in Northport, Alabama, <laughs> in, on my dance team uh, company, it was the same. I mean, I think that's the nature of dance or gymnastics. It's like you do the group, you know, dances. You all want to be the best. You have so you're you're helping each other out, but then when it comes to the solo competitions, it's like, oh dang, she's doing that. I need to go back and yeah. I need to do. She's doing a triple. I need to to make sure that I did get the quad. Yeah, and yeah, and it's like how do you like fully be friends and like a confidant at that it, age? It was really hard with Nasty and I because we were best friends as well. And we were the most similar competitors. So at the Olympics, we, our coaches like selected who we would room with because our Olympic apartment, if you can picture it, it's like a common area and then there's three bedrooms for all six of us girls. And so I was selected to like room with Sam or Alicia or someone and Nasty and I were like, no, we want to room together. We go to the bed at the same time. We have the same habits. We want to read. We want to watch our movies. Like, we don't want to socialize. We want to, like, whatever. And so we roomed together our entire Olympic Games. We were best friends and still are. Um, kind of sorting that out after the Olympics was difficult because of all the, like, chaos of media and mm -hmm. brand partnerships and stuff. But it is it was strange. Well, I know Nastia's schedule. I mean, she told me her dad was her yeah. coach. Yes. It was in very intense. 
Yeah. Was your training as intense as Nastia's? Is that just how it, it is? Um, yes and no. Okay. So I had a very different upbringing in gymnastics. Mm -hmm. And I was very lucky. And there's no like right or wrong way. But my coach, like summarize his um, life story. He was born and raised in Beijing, China. And he was a world champion gymnast for China. He was taken from his family at a very, very young age, put in a training facility, and raised to be nothing but a gymnast. So he wasn't able to, like, be a kid. And so he left China when he was in his 20s and moved to Des Moines, Iowa, to coach gymnastics at the University of Iowa in exchange for learning English. And he said his entire dream coming to America was to start his own gym and raise Olympic gymnasts who are also able to be children. And children in the sense of like they could go to Dairy Queen and they could go to school and they could have a family and still live with their family and not overtrain. So Nastia had a very rigorous schedule and that was very normal for gymnastics. Mm -hmm. My coach was determined to do it differently. So I never trained more than four hours a day, six days a week. And I went to every football game, every school dance. My coach would drive us to Dairy Queen after practice. He would take us to Perkins on the weekends. He was like a giant kid. And I think because of it, I was able to leave the sport still loving it, which was really great. I mean, I was a average dancer and I sometimes trained more than that. Yeah. Like that is, that's incredible. It was amazing. Because, I mean, when you think of that highest level, I was thinking when you started saying, oh yeah, I did soccer, I did dance. I'm like, how? Yeah. Yeah. Like that is really special that you still had that you got to be a kid, but also a freaking <laughs> gold medalist. Like I, I don't were you just nat naturally? I do think, yes, there's something for like hard work, but there is some like innate ability. Wouldn't yes. you say? Did you have that? And it was like evident? I think, especially in gymnastics, by the time you get to the Olympic level, you've you have to have some sort of innate ability within the sport because it gets to be so difficult. So yes, I, I'm sure I was given some God-given talent for gymnastics. Mm -hmm. um, that kind of led me down that path. But I also have another uh, question about just like you're, you're so young when you compete. Where are my engaged girls? Congrats. You're engaged. So am I. Now you may be like me wondering what's next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. Zola has everything you need to plan your wedding in one place, including venue options and all your vendors. Plus, you can get designs, save the dates and invites, build a free wedding website, create your registry and stay on track and on budget throughout the entire process with their free planning tools. Zola has created everything you need to make the whole process super easy and hopefully actually enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on the couch. Look, I have just now opened the can of worms of all that is wedding planning, but I'm so thankful for Zola because it can help make wedding planning so much easier for all of us engaged girlies. We need to be having fun. We need to be excited. It doesn't need to be a stressful process. And I feel like Zola can really help us engaged girlies 
enjoy this time of our life because we are celebrating the love that we have created and this beautiful new chapter in our life. And we do not need to be crying over napkins and invitations. So Zola's got us covered. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Although I'm not there yet myself, I know a lot of you listening have children and want to set up your child for success. So IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Oh my gosh, I wish I would have had IXL when I was going through school because I really needed that extra help just to like get things implemented into my brain so that I could really know what I was learning and not just be like, I don't know, I had a good memory, but I don't think I actually learned something, but that's really through repetition. And I feel like IXL is wonderful for that. I think this is such a wonderful product for anybody who's like just struggling with a topic or just trying to get ahead, study for a test. It really can help in so many ways. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And Better Tomorrow with Hannah Brown listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash Hannah B. Visit IXL.com slash Hannah B to get the most effective learning program out there for the best price. Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your own power, and build towards summer you. Peloton accommodates your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's classes to get your body moving. Peloton has a range of class types to fit for every goal and mood. If you can't run, take a walking class, need some grounding, try yoga. If you want to level up, go to the Pilates or hit workouts. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I love Peloton. I feel like Peloton was what really helped me stay consistent um, with moving my body the past few years when some times, um, whether it was a pandemic or an injury or health stuff going on that sometimes would limit the way that I would normally like routinely work out that I was moving my body a little bit every day and also diversifying depending on what my needs were at the time. There was a lot of time where I couldn't have this super high intensity workout and just needed some help of how can I move my body with what I have right now? Maybe the limitations I have. I feel like Peloton just has something for everyone um, at any level and at any time and season in your life. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Why are the athletes in gymnastics, like, why do you have to be so young? Or it seems um, like everyone is. Yeah, it seems like everyone is. It's it's just different. So a couple of things. The old school tradition of gymnastics is young because of physiology, because of biology, because of the way girls' bodies work. Mm-hmm. Usually before puberty, 
you're more aerodynamic. Yeah. <laughs> you're more of a twig. Um, and within the sport of gymnastics, so much of it is mental and fear-based that before you hit puberty, you're usually more naive to jump off cliffs and flip and not think about what can happen. So usually within the sport of gymnastics, you see a shift in girls. When they hit puberty, they usually start being able to comprehend, oh my gosh, I could break my neck doing this. Mm -hmm. And that the weight of that risk and reward becomes harder to manage. So you, you either see girls tend to be very young or they tend to be later in their 20s. So they've matured en enough to where they can hold the weight of that fear. Mm -hmm. So gym gymnasts tend to be young. Yeah. It's just kind of a thing. But That makes so much sense because I um, I was such a little daredevil when I was little, yeah. but my dad just was one of those parents that was just very risk averse mm -hmm. and would just be like, what are you doing? I would like hang over a swinging rope. Uh, well, there was like, have you, been, have you been to Rock City? No. It's in, uh, I think it's in, is it in Tennessee or Alabama? Anyway, it's somewhere, it's, it's close, driving distance. And there's this like swinging rope uh, bridge. And I just started hanging off of it. Oh, good. And he, and I can remember being like, oh, this was so fun. <laughs> and my dad ripping me up, like, what are you doing? I'm like, yeah. I don't know. We're on rope swing. Like, it's like a rope swing. And he's like, look down there. You could like fall. I, yeah. I just, I would do things like that. But then I had a really bad accident. I went to the circus for the first time and I loved the acrobats okay. in first grade. And I was like, oh, I think I can do that. Yes. Got back home, got on the swing, yes. uh, just thought I could jump out and do a somersault. And it didn't, didn't work out very well. And that's, I broke, snapped both of my wrists, okay. shaved all the yeah. vertebrae in my back, had a concussion. And had 18 stitches in my chin. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. No, I would have been paralyzed from the neck down if I wouldn't have put my hands out. Oh, my gosh. Because I went to the circus one time and thought, yes. oh, yeah. Absolutely. So after that, I think uh, <laughs> I realized yeah. that um, it's scary. Yes. But before that, I think I would have actually really liked gymnastics. Absolutely. I love doing, like, scary things. And that's why I fell in love with it. It yeah. made me feel like Superwoman. Like, flipping on a four-inch beam made me feel invincible. And I loved it. It makes me feel invincible for you watching you do that. Like, I don't know. I can totally remember watching you mm -hmm. compete and being in, in awe. It was the only, to be honest, it's the only thing I really cared about in the Olympics. Great. Love it that. was, I mean, I don't know. Y'all were both like two like really cute, strong girls mm -hmm. that also like totally different. Completely. Polar opposite. But I don't know. I, I just, I remember just being really inspired, even as, a young girl being like, wow, it's like, I could see myself in, in you Absolutely. guys. It was really yeah. cool. Well, yeah. I still think you could have done it. After watching you on Special Forces. No, you haven't <laughs> watched me try to do a back It's really. I'll teach you. Well, I'll take you to the gym. Actually, I would love that. Maybe. Done. Maybe. Deal. I, mean, I, I taught my I'm husband totally... how to flip, which is, he's not a natural. And he did it? Oh, yeah. Scared the crap out of me. Okay, yeah, we're going to try it. I don't know. Last time I did it, it was, it was terrifying. I think Last was, time you did it? I tried to do it because I was a cheerleader. Oh, then. One time. Easy. And I, but I had snapped my wrist. So like every time I did anything, it just, 
PTSD. It, it hurts. And I, yeah, I think I'm going to hit the we'll concrete. We'll work up to it. Yeah. We'll just teach you how to flip instead of do it by hands. What's Easier anyways. No hands. Like a talk? Absolutely. Oh, you are a cheerleader. Well, like a talk? I, I mean. Love it. One year, seventh grade. I don't know if I can. I had the pictures to prove it. I wasn't very good. I could do the dance, though. Which, Great. speaking of. Um, I was there. I watched you. But you are a Dancing with the Star champion. You went straight from the Olympics 2008, 2009, yep. went Dancing with the Stars. Yep. What was the time in between all that? Um, so the Olympics finished in August. I went on tour with the team okay. until November. And then I think we started dancing in February. Okay. So. Wow. Yeah. Um, what was that experience like for you? I loved every second of it. Well, you had the best dance partners. Yes. I was, I was very lucky. I mean, I didn't know. I knew that you did it twice. I, I remember you with Derek, but I didn't know you had Mark. And they're, they are the dream dance partners. Yes. They're so creative. Their choreography is amazing. Oh, I'm not going to ask you. I was like, who would you pick? No. I know. People ask me all the time. Yeah. And honestly, there isn't an answer because I don't think I could have handled Derek at 16. And I don't think, like, I love Mark to death. He's my brother. Yeah. But, like, doing it a second time with my brother, we probably would have, like, punched each other in the face. Um, Mark was so perfect for me at 16. Mm -hmm. He took me under his wing. He was my big brother. And he, like, held my hand through the whole process. I was so nervous. Were you nervous? I feel oh my like. Gosh. So gymnastics is very, I am a very, very shy person by nature. Mm -hmm. I am not extroverted, outgoing. You can, you have to pull teeth to get me on like a dance floor at a wedding or something. Like I'm very shy. Gymnastics is very rigid. It's very mm -hmm. choreographed. No emotion. You get to like live within your body. Dancing on the first day, they're like, shake it and show me whatever. I'm like, oh my, no, <laughs> no, thank you. And I was 16 at the time. I had never really like had a relationship with a guy so the the whole like act like you're in love with me I'm like eh, I don't know oh it's I don't know if I've ever like danced with a guy you know I I remember being like he's like okay get closer and I'm like I, I'm basically kissing you what yeah, are you talking about I can feel things yeah. on my legs yeah. <laughs> yes you know you're like this is yeah, it's just very intimate very and at six I mean that was me at 25 yeah feeling like yes. this is very intimate and you're like way in my space. At 16, I would have been yeah. so uncomfortable. I was so lucky. I was the youngest contestant that Dancing Into ever had on the show up until that point. So they went to every possible length to make sure they never crossed a line. Mm -hmm. Things didn't look intimate. They made to like they made sure to respect that I was still a kid. Yeah. And Mark was just perfect for that. Yes. He would take me out to the movies every day. He'd take me like he let he was just my big brother. Um, and then fast forward to the all-star season with Derek, I think I was just more prepared for his mindset at that age because I was mm -hmm. 20 years old and he means business. I, yeah, I've always been interested because I mean, he's, he's one, I think more than anyone yeah. and he's just so impressive. Anything that he does, like I am like fully invested in and I'm like, you are the most talented person I've ever seen in my entire life. Yes. But. Yeah, what is he like in the dance studio? Because I was with, it was tough for me. Who are you for with sure. again? Alan. Yes. 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 <laughs> um, 
Derek and the dance studio, I'm still so close to them. He's like another brother. And again, because of Mark and Derek, because they're like brothers, yeah. I spent every waking second with both of them. I remember when they announced that I had Derek, Mark was so pissed. I He was so pissed. Um, Were you ha- like excited to have a new partner or did you want to be with Mark? I liked the idea of a new partner mm-hmm. just as a challenge. Yeah. But Mark was my safe zone. Like he was my comfort. So part of me was like really sad. Because mm-hmm. going back on a show that's so vulnerable, I was like, I kind of need Mark to make sure he holds my hand again. Yeah. But because it was Derek and I knew Derek already so well, I was really excited. But Derek in a studio, I've just explained it as like pure genius and it's so hard to keep up with mm-hmm. because his brain works so fast and it's creating and just – I think he is able to see so much more than we are mm-hmm. when he's creating something. And I remember so many times we would get in arguments because he'd be like, why aren't you, why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you remembering the steps? And he'd be like, Derek, you haven't taught me yet. <laughs> like it's in your brain. But you forgot to teach me. And I just loved the challenge. I was trying to make another Olympic team, had kind of an identity crisis, ended up retiring and got to go back on dancing because I wasn't going to the Olympics anymore. And it was such a challenge that I needed. And he was like the perfect fit that at that time, which was great. So I watched most of your dances <laughs> last night. Oh, gosh. No. Y- the stuff you were doing with Derek – was so hard. It was very hard. It was very hard. Like, insane. Yeah. How many hours did y'all practice? All day. All day. Yeah. All day. So like you were so much better than me. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I, yeah, there's just, it's different every season, like what you have to do, but it's very different it was, every season. Y'all's choreography was so intense. So that season was harder because when we showed up on day one, they knew that everybody had a season under their belt. So on the opening night, we had three dances. And the, like, the stakes were just so much higher. Mm-hmm. So we spent every waking second, Sunday to Saturday, in a studio. I mean, we were never not in a studio. Yeah, I was like that. I, was, yeah. I think I put in the most hours. I was also in a, a really bad mental place. So I'm like, I don't want to go back home with my thoughts. So let's just stay in the studio. <laughs> so yeah, it was... It was so intense. Yeah. But do you feel like gymnastics really helped you go into barroom dancing? I don't think it helped with the movements. I think mm-hmm. it actually made it harder because because gymnastics is so rigid, I didn't know how to like move freely. Mm-hmm. But I will say like learning choreography, remembering, having the discipline and the just like regimented lifestyle. Yeah. It definitely helped. For like, sure. I knew how to go into a studio for 10 hours and be there. Like, yeah. I, I could do that. I yeah. loved it. I did. I, I liked it. I loved too, it. Too, kind of. <laughs> I got in a lot of fights. <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> it was really dramatic. Fights with Alan? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, we were just in totally two di- different places in our lives mm-hmm. and, like, the way we communicate with each other. And I was on the verge of a mental breakdown, you know, every five seconds. <laughs> it was... It was bad. Well, I tried to go to therapy one time during oh. the – I couldn't even make it because I had to go film something yeah. for it. And I, I was on the way, and I was like, F it. I'm just going to have to be fucked up for a little while. Oh <laughs> I mean, oh it no. was really like that. It was – You were – I tried one time. Your transition was hard, too, because you were coming off of something so emotional. Yeah. I mean, it was a few months, I yeah. think. 
yeah, that's why I asked the the time in between yeah. because I think that makes it really hard. And I'm, yeah, I'm in, I was, I was in Los Angeles for the first time. I had never been outside of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. It was yeah. just a lot. It's a lot. Uh, but so thankful for that experience. Yes. It was so hard. Yes. But now when I look back, I'm like, oh, I wish I would have been not so crazy because it was so fun. I will say that's why I was, I fell in love with dancing a hundred times more during the all-star season because I was the same way during my first season yeah. at 16. I loved it, but I was so insecure. I was dealing with so much yeah. stuff. And going back and having that under your belt and being able to be like, okay, let's enjoy this this time. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of, it was a lot more fun the second time. I know. Around. I would love, I don't, they haven't done another all-star seasons, but they did. They're due for one. I, I would love to do it in a good mental state um, to just enjoy it. Yes. I don't feel like I fully could fully enjoy it because I was bound and determined to win. Yeah. Like I had nothing. I'm like, I am winning. I don't care what I have to do. I will stay here forever. <laughs> I, I mean, I had like a broken toe. Didn't care. Yeah. Everything about me was falling apart let's practice some more you know like I just was but it paid off it did you know yeah it it did it what was it okay you came in second Mm -hmm. I mean you killed it thank you thank you I don't know I just think it's it's so cool that I I think that's majority of my partners I mean you did have you even said it like Mark and Derek are the best they are the best and you even know it like when they announce the lineups every year like who has Mark and who has Derek they're going to probably be in the final three. Because they're just like genius. And I think they yeah. know how to work with whoever they have and to show their strengths. Yes. Whereas there's a lot that don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And they just choreograph amazing choreography that people can't keep up with. And I will say, like, they're very good at shoving you around the floor. Yeah. Oh, they're so good at it. You're supposed to be right here. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And they're like, there were a couple times where I would get off tempo or whatever. Mm-hmm. And going back and watching, they would like, re-choreograph on the spot to make it look like there wasn't a mistake. I'm like, you're a genius. But thank you for making me look good. But you said earlier that you, like, you were so nervous. Like, what, or what about the show made you nervous or insecure? I can, I can probably guess some of the things, but yeah, what was so nerve-wracking hard about Dancing with the Stars that people might not know? Um, I mean, for me, the first time at 16... There was a lot. So I was 16. <laughs> I had never been on like national. I had never done anything at that level besides gymnastics. And coming right off of the Olympics, winning an Olympic gold medal, everyone expects you to be good. True. And, I, and I'm thinking of it. To, I'm like, oh my gosh, you just like won a gold medal. Everything else is going to be a piece of cake. Yeah. But I, I guess that's, it's like the expectation there. For and sure. being so shy and having to figure out how to like show emotion and not to like go into like those details, but like I was going through puberty because I had just finished gymnastics mm-hmm. and I was doing, I had to go through puberty on national television and be yeah. scrutinized and like going from a leotard to like these outfits and like I just, I was just such an insecure 16 year old. Mm-hmm. I only really had my confidence in gymnastics. I hadn't learned it anywhere else. And trying to figure that out while the entire world's like judging you mm-hmm. was really hard. I will say the second time around, 
I just was nervous about everything. I didn't want to trip and fall on my face. Didn't want to have wardrobe malfunctions. Oh, I had that. Oh, good, good. It's horrible because I was sweating so much and I tried and oh yeah. Yeah, not good. Um, This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I have been in a really awesome season, but also a season that has been pretty stressful. There's been a lot going on. Um, I can see where some of those things that really keep me grounded, um, I have not been able to make time for and not know how to do that. And so it's been weighing on me a little bit. And look, we all carry around different stressors that can be big or small, but When we keep them bottled up and don't talk about like what's going on in our life, it can really affect us negatively. So therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest to really talk about what you're going through and figure out a way to work through whatever that is that's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no adjustments charge if like you're just not feeling that connected with somebody you can always try it again get it off your chest with better help visit betterhelp.com slash tomorrow today to get 10% off your first order that's betterhelp help.com slash tomorrow Today is about looking for new ways to better ourselves but sometimes that means looking in a totally different place or even a different state In South Dakota, travel is transformative. It's good for the soul. It's the kind of place to just let go, to escape from routine and predictability of life, to put down the phone and pick up a sense of adventure and to see the world a little bit differently, as in not through our screen. Life in South Dakota is about unplugging from it all and connecting with the world around you. It's about being open to real surprises and treating your senses to a real, raw, natural beauty that doesn't need a filter. Whether you're exploring the mountains and trees of the Black Hills, hiking through the Badlands, navigating the wild towns, or camping under the stars, South Dakota is the place to get a little lost and find yourself along the way. See why there's so much South Dakota, so little time at TravelSouthDakota.com. I kind of want to get into, because I also, like I said, grew up kind of in front of a mirror looking at myself in a leotard. And then also when he's talking about Dancing with the Stars, every one of the girl dancers there has like the most amazing body ever. Oh yeah, they're amazing. And it was so, and I've never like been overweight or anything, but I just remember being like so insecure, but that started like way early for me. But then when you're on like you said, on national television in these like little tiny, tiny pieces of fabric. Yeah. Yeah. Shaken. Yeah. It was so, my mind was so messed up and I'm like, oh, my thighs are getting better because I'm, I'm having to do all these different exercises. And my feet grew to a size 11 because they were so swollen. My, my yes. freaking calves were like my ankle. There was no, um, start and finish because I was so like inflamed oh. and it was just, yeah, I was, it was a really insecure time for me. But like I said, something that was not new growing up, you know, having to be like in a leotard, did that oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. mess with you too? I've been very open about it. I struggled with eating disorders for a very long time, severely. And I think it started and originated in gymnastics. I was very lucky with my coach. He was very aware of that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. tried to work very hard to prevent it. He was always checking in with my parents about asking how I'm eating at home. And like he was very good at protecting his athletes that way. 
I will say, though, when things got to be more and more serious with, like, the Olympics, gymnastics is subjective. It's not whoever crosses the finish line first. Mm -hmm. And you see Nasty and I, we're very different. I mean, she is the smallest person. Yes. The thinnest person I've ever seen naturally. And if you have followed – like, if you were to research the history of gymnastics and the evolution of gymnastics, Nastia's body type is the typical gymnast from history. That's that's what they looked like. It was all by it was about all about like artistry and mm. almost like flexibility and dancer like qualities. And my body style was very modern. It was very new to gymnastics and something that people hadn't seen. And I knew that. I knew that by judges, I knew that by subjective points. And so throughout my career, I would try anything and everything I possibly could do to look like Nastia, which is not possible. I'm not yeah. made that way. Um, but it was always with the mindset of maybe if I was a little thinner, my subjective points would be a little better. And because I was such a kid, I didn't have a nutritionist. I didn't have a psychologist. I didn't have guidance there. And two plus two equals four. Let's just eat less. And mm-hmm. so it spiraled into this obsession after gymnastics, hitting puberty, putting on weight, on dancing with the stars in a tiny piece of fabric. Mm-hmm. Um, people noticed and they didn't care I was 16, said horrible things. And it just turned into a monster. Yeah. So no, I um, definitely relate to that. I mean, I can remember standing in the mirror at dance class and like all the girls and your, your children, you don't know, but like, oh, like you don't have a, a gap in your legs so you're yeah. supposed to have three gaps in your legs and I that stuck with me I mean it still sticks with me I'm yeah. like oh I don't have a gap here and I struggled because I, I also don't have a body type like Nastia like yeah. I and I've tried so hard yes I've tried eating as minimal as possible and it's just it, it doesn't yeah no it's not going to always be that way but it's also really hard I've fluctuated weight in the public as an adult and it's so hard even now people are like oh you're so thin what are you doing I'm like I don't know my body just does whatever it wants to I really (laughs) don't know how to control it and it's um definitely something that I I still struggle with how are you now um a lot better so when I was 19 years old and I was trying to do a second comeback for Mm -hmm. the Olympics I had kind of put it in my mind that if I made it back to the Olympics, it was going to be in a healthy way. I didn't want to feel that again. And I was still actively struggling with eating disorders Mm -hmm. and like with body image issues. And so I hired a nutritionist and psychologist that I worked with every week for years. And I got to a point in gymnastics when I was within my comeback for the 2012 games where I kind of had to make a decision based off of the old school ways of gymnastics, where it was either sac- sacrifice my health to mm-hmm. continue going or walk away and protect who I was, like who I wanted to be. And I ended up walking away. I started dancing with stars, everything. Um, but I have worked with my nutritionist and psychologist for 10 years and they saved me. I think it was around meeting my husband. So probably six years after the Olympics, um, I felt stronger than ever and felt like I could like look at food and look in a mirror and not mm-hmm. criticize. And I think the the most life-changing like moment 
when it came to body image was when I got pregnant. I I used to have nightmares about the day I got pregnant. I mean, I've already yeah. talked about that. I'm like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I was, I was really afraid of where my mind would go. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what happened, but when I got pregnant, my body no longer was mine. And it was like I was already thinking about the body of my child. Mm-hmm. And so it went away. And I, I dealt with it again postpartum, like when it was my body again. But it was the greatest feeling of my life. Because, yeah, I was like, I remember calling my nutritionist and I was like, my biggest fear is I won't eat enough. And I remember she started crying and she's like, I've never heard this from you ever. She's like, you've always been afraid of eating too much, like in your life. Mm-hmm. She's like, now you want to make sure you eat enough for your baby. And it's, it was cool. It was beautiful. That is really beautiful. I, I'm like inspired by that. Would you say if you had not gotten the help, because I also in the past few years have definitely understood the importance of like support um, because the little thoughts in my head can be so loud. And without those people coming in, we are not our best self. Um, Do you feel like if you would not have had the nutritionist and your psychologist come in, getting into that space of, okay, am I going to compete again and do the ways that like I'll be able to do it, but it might not be healthy. Would you have think you had chosen that I, route? Yeah. I don't know what my life would look like without them. Yeah. Truly. I was going, I was rapidly going down a very dark path mm-hmm. and I was addicted to Adderall. I was trying every fad diet known to mankind, starving myself. When I was of age, it would include alcohol, all these mm-hmm. things. And they saved me from that. Truly. I, Yeah. I would not have been able to do it without help. Yeah. No, I am um, my psychologist, psychiatrist. I'm like, yes. man, thank you. Yes, because it absolutely. Just, it just, those thoughts, he calls them like ants. Like they can yes. just fully be so encompassing. And um, yeah, I don't know how, where I would be after just the way my life trajectory, I could never have like made that up. Mm-mm. It was so hard to be able to like balance all those things and same. I mean, all all the same things the same I, I struggle with. And so I'm just so thankful and like really encourage people that are dealing with that, how yes. important that support and that help is. It's just like a, it's a, I don't know, my, every session I did with my nutritionist, she would start the same way. She would ask what the voices are saying, mm-hmm. which sounds like a, you're from a Sixth Sense movie or some kind. But she's like, what are the voices saying to you today or this week or whatever? And it's like to hear her be like another voice of just mm-hmm. reason, it helped like drown that out over the years. Yeah. I'm very interested of working with a nutritionist. And I feel like I've really come a long way, but there still is, I think having a, a, an outside voice really helped me with just my relationship with food yeah. and not me just doing it on my own. Um, I think would be great. I think now that like my hormones were so messed up yeah. and so understanding how to eat, um, for my hormones has been helpful, but also there's always that fear. I think for me of, oh gosh, what if they go out of whack again? And I don't know what's mm-hmm. going to happen instead of just being like having that healthy relationship. That's me being very honest. Like I, yeah. um, I've got a great girl for you. 
Yeah, I know. I'm like, uh, can you give me her number? (laughs) Honestly, though, that has become our relationship where I we don't really talk every week ever Mm -hmm. or for the past few years. But I call her when I get pregnant. I call her like after pregnancy and I call her in times where I'm like, Courtney, there is something weird going on with my body. Yeah, I am angry all the time. I can tell like my hormones are out of work. And she's like, okay, let's let's figure it out. Because I think if you've done all the yo-yo dieting and the whole uh, restriction, I mean, it can, it can be for me at least like, I'm like, what, I don't even know what to do. Like I have, I feel like Mm -hmm. I have no control. And I think working with a specialist can kind of help you know how to just like maintain and really fuel your body and also get it back into a space where it feels still like yours. Like for me, sometimes I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And that's when the extreme things happen. And then when they don't work, you're like, what? Oh, yes. (laughs) You know? Um, So, yeah, I think that's uh, definitely a takeaway for me. You said that you worked with psychologists during that time. Mm -hmm. did Did you ever do anything for your like mental health while you were younger, like training? Like did you have a therapist? I didn't, and I really wish I did. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's a flaw within the gymnastic system that I think is changing right mm-hmm. now, which is really good. Um, but because you're so young, everybody f- figures you don't need it, which is almost like the opposite. Because you're yeah. so young, you ha- like you should have it. That's when all the trauma happens. Yes. Yeah. I worked with a sports psychologist the second time around Yeah, um, from when I was 16 to 20, and he was amazing. But – I wish I would have had that back in the day. My coach kind of acted as one who's very good at like protecting your mind and like training your mind, but I think a professional would have been great. Yeah, I I agree. I feel like for me it took it took me getting to like rock bottom to start yep. with somebody. And it would have just been just that maintenance and especially for the Olympics, you would think that would be like something that would you would have to have. You, yeah. You would think. You would think. So it's interesting with the Olympics, and again, a lot of this is being worked on as we speak and being fixed, but within the Olympics, you have like the the United States Olympic governing body, mm-hmm. but under that, every single sport has their own governing body that makes their own rules. Okay. So basically, if like USA Gymnastics has their own set of rules, the US Olympic governing body respects that. Okay. So USA Gymnastics never figured it was necessary to have psychologists and blows my mind because they're like you're the youngest competitors for the most part yeah wow we should probably have like tutors for sure you didn't have (laughs) tutors high school no oh my gosh yeah chaperones let's start there yeah (gasps) wow so they're changing that now yes yeah what is your relationship with um united states like Olympic team. I don't know if I'm saying that right now, because mm-hmm. of of course there's been so much Everything. that has happened and changes that have needed to be happened for a long time. Yes. Yeah. Where do you stand with your relationship? Um, I walked away from the sport for a while when it hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Our sport hit rock bottom and affected all of us, and it was really hard because it's like you're going through a bad breakup, like you hear the worst news possible, and so I left for a while. I knew. I had dealt within my career with like corruption and I had seen my coach was very aware, not of like 
everything that came was to light. happening. Yeah. Um, but he was aware of like corruption within the government side of it and he protected me from that. But I, I saw it too. And so I never really worked closely with USA Gymnastics because I just didn't respect mm. a lot of people. Um, but I will say I took my daughter this year, can't believe that was this year, to the first like the first event that I've been to since I've like left the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but I took her to her first USA Gymnastics competition. And it was the Nastia Lucan Cup. Oh, yeah. And it was also the American Cup, which is like an international competition for USA Gymnastics. And I got to meet the whole new governing body and see just the new atmosphere they've created. And it was really special. It like brought tears to my eyes walking through just feeling – I don't know how happy and how good it was. Mm-hmm. I love the new people. They're uh, amazing. That's really encouraging yeah. to hear. Um, would you want your daughter mm-hmm. to have I, – I don't know. Is she in gymnastics already? Like, yeah, she is. Would you want her to, you know, aspire to do the Olympics? Um, I, as a parent, don't believe it's in my rights – Mm-hmm. to create her life for her and choose her sports and her hobbies and her passions. If she goes down that route, I will be her number one cheerleader, mm-hmm. but nothing more than that. I will You're not, not coach her. Yeah. It's her journey. It's not mine. My biggest fear with my daughter doing gymnastics is that the world will expect her to be good. Mm-hmm. And that's unfair for her. She should be able to be miserable at gymnastics and people still think that's fine. Um, So I I fear her expectations, but I don't know. Does she love it? She does. Oh, yeah. Have you tried all the other things too? And that's like, yeah. Yeah. I put her in soccer. (laughs) She hated it. I mean, she's only three, you guys. So like what three-year-old loves soccer? Um, But I put her in ballet. She hated it. She loves gymnastics, loves trampoline, loves running around. So we'll see. How old's your son? He will be two next month. Would you like will you try him in gymnastics as well? Or um yeah. I I don't know men's gymnastics yeah. as well as women's, but I think gymnastics for any kid is so good. That's like I I'm like, I'm not gonna play in my yeah. child's life. But I think for both like my children, I would want them Yes. To at least try gymnastics because of what you talked about, that kind of getting over fear and mm-hmm. trying new things. I don't know. I, I think gymnastics is a great thing for a child to participate in at some point. It if teaches they enjoy like it. coordination mm-hmm. and like discipline. It, it, it's such Body an amazing awareness. Yeah. yeah. But if either of my children like pursue it, it will be, it'll be a great life lesson for me. Yeah. yeah. That would be tough. It will. For sure. It'll be hard not to like, Hand select a coach from China and ship him in here somewhere. Yeah, I mean you got you got to protect your children and do yeah. what you got to do. Though my coach moved to China. Yeah. So oh really? He went he went back home. He's now the head coach of the Chinese Olympic team. Um, oh wow! And I've always like joked with him. I'm like, if my kids, you're coming back. You're moving to Nashville. I'm not coming back to Des Moines. You're moving to Nashville. And he always laughs, but he'd probably do it. Yeah. So, um, I kind of want to transition to where you are now because you've, you're separated. Like you've obviously done way more than being a gymnast, which you've accomplished 
like everything in that world. But your life, I mean, you're in the public eye. Like you're famous now. Like no. you were like, I don't, I don't know. Just when did to keep up with you. No, whatever, whatever. That's really funny. When did you realize That's you really were? funny. <laughs> <laughs> when did you realize like, oh, everyone knows who I am? Oh, I haven't. I still don't. I feel like it's the, it's what I said at the beginning, imposter syndrome. Yeah. It's just this weird, I feel like the day that people realize they're like, oh, I'm famous, nothing good happens. No, for sure. And I have just lived this life of like, how on earth did I get here? That's what I, I'm like, how did I get here? Yeah. I don't know. Small town girl, Des Moines, Iowa. What happened? At least she had some type of skill. I just went on a dating show. <laughs> You have skills. This is what I'm no, saying. No, but I'm saying like, you know, there's, I think that's what I struggle with of like, yeah. how did I, this was never like my plan. Yeah. Just a weird life. And I'm sometimes like embarrassed of why people know me. We're like, oh, I feel the same way because it makes sense in my mind. It makes sense for gymnastics. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people don't know me from gymnastics anymore. They're like, I watch your TikTok. I'm like, that's embarrassing. So it's embarrassing. <laughs> like, no, I'm a, I'm not, a I mean, that is, that is what, like, a lot. I think I, I read a study of something. Like, a lot of children, that's like what they want to be when they grow up. So, how did you now? Obviously, you're, you're a content creator, oh, yes. YouTuber, yes. TikToker, all the things. I really moved up in my life. <laughs> I mean, I went from it is, it is a huge business. <laughs> it is. And it, I'm sure has been great for your family. What made you decide to kind of lean into that route? Um, my husband. <laughs> I feel like you've met him a couple yes. times. Yeah. He's special. Did he um, was he already doing that? <laughs> no. No, he didn't. He just figured it out one day. Um, he was bouncing around the NFL. And if you were to have met his dad when he was here, um, his dad from the day he was born, filmed every waking second of his life. It's just how dad was. And he would categorize, you know, DVDs or movies into like, this is my son's first birth and this is his first, like every waking second. And so I think my husband gets it from his dad because when we started dating, Andrew filmed everything. <laughs> Similar. And uh, Adam's over here and literally – he is the only reason we have any pictures, any videos, because yep. I'm not that way at all. Same. Oh, I don't film anything. But I do ask him. I'm like, did you take any pictures the other day? Can <laughs> I'm I like, see let me see those pictures. Yeah. Let me see what that one looked like. But when he was bouncing on the NFL, he started documenting his whole process and he started making YouTube videos. And he had so much downtime, if you were to talk to him, he had so much downtime that he kind of went down this rabbit hole of learning the world of YouTube. And he's like the most interesting man. He picks up a new hobby every single day. Lexi can tell you that. He starts a new project every day. Um, <laughs> he starts a new business every day. He Okay. Oh, that's Hawaii. today. He did get his pilot's license. Oh, that's really cool. Randomly. That's cool, though. He never had an interest in planes. Someone literally at a bar one day was like, you should get your pilot's license. He's like, okay. Four months later, he's got his pilot's license. 
Okay, is that that's kind of attractive? It's very cool. attractive, yeah. but it's also like I'm chasing down You're his like, house. What, are, like, we what are we doing right now? <laughs> um, so he went down this rabbit hole of YouTube, and probably a year into it, asked me to kind of quit everything that I was doing in like corporate, traditional, like broadcasting, ambassadorship, and sponsorship worlds. Truly, like um, athlete advertising back yeah. in the day. Because um, that's the that's the normal progression yes and that's yes. what I was doing I was yeah. doing the speaking engagements I was working for McDonald's I was mm -hmm. all of the things and he said how about you quit that and we'll go full-time and I thought he was absolutely crazy but I remember posting our first YouTube video and it being the most freeing feeling in the world instead of having these people cut my own story for me and tell the world who I was I actually got to tell them who I was mm -hmm. and I got to wear what I wanted and say what I wanted and and it just kind of opened a door. And we now do family content and celebrate families and marriage and cool things, children. Um, yeah. And so, it's just you, fun. so you're like totally on board. Love it. Glad that this is kind of where you're you, – you chose this. We this. did. It wasn't just waiting for the next thing to come up, what the agent has for you, what the – I feel like that is very freeing. It is. Yeah. It is. And I think because of like our age and what phase of life we're in, we see it as this uh, like either weapon or power. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it can create such evil in the world. And we've seen that firsthand. And I we, we see it as a responsibility. We have been given followers and this fan base that we don't understand. But we truly see it as a responsibility to like steward that really well every day. I love that. I mean, even with this podcast and I dabbled on YouTube, I'm, I'm coming back. You we're gotta we're come back. Because I really do. I love it. I don't like the editing part. I just um, want to be. We can fix that. I just want to be me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I will make a show. But it is so nice to just be able to have my own thing that nobody else has control over. It's showing fully like my most vulnerable side, which can be scary, but there's also like, I have nothing to hide. Yeah. But like you said, there's so much noise. Yes. So much noise. And I know that if we both, you know, as we talked about, like can get caught up in comparison and seeing what Joe Schmo's doing over there and feeling like we're not doing enough. Like I don't want to add to that for mm -hmm. anybody else. And that's why like, this podcast is so important to me and any type of content that I put out now because I do think it's a, a duty. Mm -hmm. And because there's not many of us doing that and mm -hmm. we we need to like amplify that. And that's what I think is so cool. I don't know much about it, but I did see that y'all have, y'all partnered with Family Made. Are you, tell me more about what that is. Yes. So yeah. we founded Family found, Made. Founded. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, It's a media network. Okay. So Kind of a conglomerate, but we represent 14 podcasts, YouTube, and then 14 podcasts, YouTube shows, short-form content creators, but all revolving around family lifestyle and family-friendly content, but like good influencing people. I love that. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts with raising children in this day and age? And like, do you have restrictions for them. I mean, I just think about 
what will come across my TikTok feed and oh yeah. And how do you control that? And then I'll ask my other question yeah. about them being a part of it as well. Um we're not there yet. Yeah. So luckily my three year old's not scrolling TikTok yet. Um, but I will say I don't think we're living in a world where it's gonna go away anytime soon. Mm-hmm. People can wish for social media to go away. I don't think it's going anywhere. So with that being said, our kids are going to become teenagers someday. Whether we ban social media from our household or not, they're going to find it. Mm-hmm. So jumping to that conclusion, I think it's my job to teach them from day one how to navigate it in the best way possible. And I think that is starting from the ground up and teaching them good values and teaching them right from wrong and what's good and what's evil, what's a good influence, what's not, and praying that they can just – Get through it. Yeah. No, absolutely. So you do show your children in your content. Yeah. And I feel like there are some people in the public eye that are like totally against that. And then obviously you see so many that, you know, yeah. share their whole life. How did you come to make that decision? Um, what type of boundaries do you have for that, if any? Boundaries are kind of a decision on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't post anything that could be embarrassing to our children. I don't want them to grow up someday and look back and be like, why would you ever have posted this? Why would you have talked about me that way? Whatever. So we try to always think of what respects them. And then our kind of boundary that we've written out, which is very vague, but it's just our idea, is everything has to be through the lens of a parent. So our content is not about our children. It's about Mm -hmm. us and it's about our parenting. So we technically don't need to show them to talk about parenting. And if our daughter turns five and says, don't ever take another picture of me, great. Mm-hmm. She will never be on our social platforms again. Um, and we can even tell you we've done shoots where our three-year-old doesn't want to be filmed and we're not going to film her. Mm-hmm. If she, we, like, we don't force anything. But I don't know. It's terrifying and we try to navigate it every day. I feel like our boundaries move. Um, but I think they get like more and more strict. All the time. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you have to with how much is like coming at us at all times. I didn't know how many boundaries I have to put on myself. Yeah. Is there is there ever days where you're like, I do not want to film mm-hmm. and do this. I just want to go live on an island and throw my phone into the ocean. I don't know where this is coming from. Maybe this is other fantasies I have for myself. Um, do you ever feel that? Yes, okay. all the time. <laughs> we went to, where did we go the other day? Uh, we went to Cayman Islands not too long ago for like a husband and wife getaway. And I literally said that to my husband. I was like, "What if, could we just like ever just move here, throw it all away, just live a quiet life? And he was like, uh, first, no. Um, we would move to like Indianapolis with our family. I was like, okay, (laughs) humor me for a second. Um, but yes, I get burnt out a lot. I have a really hard time showing my life. I'm like, I told you very shy, very introverted. My family is my little happy place comfort. Um, so yeah, kind of a love or hate every day. Yeah. Cause I want to get, I can like totally go like silent for two weeks, people are like, where did you go? I'm like, I just, it stresses me out a lot. I feel like there's always so much to like keep up with. It's, it's a really hard job. People like will, you know, roll their eyes about a content creation. It is so hard. hard. It's all 
consuming. You're always thinking about, oh, is this something that we should film? Oh, are we going to need this for backlogs? I mean, you're, you're constantly thinking about what will be entertainment and in your life. Mm -hmm. And you can't, for me, I don't know. I have a hard time balancing just being in the present and doing that because I can be very like one track minded. So that's why thank goodness Adam does take the content because we would have none, but I do enjoy it once it's done. I just, I, I need, I need the tips on how to do it because I do think it's great. And just like you said, to be able to, not that I think I'm like the perfect role model. I'm definitely not, but I do think I'm, I don't know how to be anything other than authentic. And I think Mm -hmm. that's refreshing for people and is needed. We need more of that. And that's why I think Mm -hmm. it's so great that y'all have started Family Made because we need more people to step up and do that. But it's, it's, it's doing it. That is so Mm -hmm. hard. And yeah, I just, I need tips. I need advice. I will say one boundary that we kind of, didn't implement on purpose, but it's just kind of happened over the years is we found ourselves in that position where every like moment of our life, it was kind of like, oh, should I take a picture for Instagram right now? Mm -hmm. Would this be a good like ad placement or whatever it was? And every time my husband pulled out his phone, I was like, wait, are you filming for Instagram or are you filming because you like want to film as a husband? Mm -hmm. And that was really hard for us. I could never like turn it on or turn it off. And so something that we started doing, which I don't think people know, sorry if this is a buzzkill, but we never post in the moment anymore, ever. Every single thing is backlogged, at least by a day, if not two days a week, a month. But nothing is happening in real time. And it's been so liberating. We document our life Mm -hmm. throughout the day and throughout the week and throughout vacations. And then when we're done with it, we're like, oh this might be a good picture for Instagram. Let's post that. But it's never fabricated for platforms anymore. It's truly just whatever's on my husband's phone. (laughs) I love that. And that's so interesting you said that because I just went to this trip in Portugal and I tried to do some things in the moment, but then I was like, oh, it's too hard. Day two, didn't do it. But I still have all this content because I wanted to capture it. But then... I think I have this like struggle with like, oh, does it need to be in the moment or not? Nobody knows. But nobody knows. Yeah. Except for me. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I I think that's a really good boundary, actually. And then also it's kind of like safe. Yeah. It's like putting some safety restrictions. Because Adam would be like, why did you just say where we were? And not that like yeah, don't we have that, that many crazy people. I love that. And I feel like it would be really liberating. It is. And it can make the work side of it a little bit harder because you're like, oh, shoot, I didn't capture whatever. But it makes it so much more enjoyable to just live your life and be like, let's make something out of this. I now have like editors where I'm like, this is what we got. What can you make? And they're like, oh, That's what I do to Adam. I'm like, here, figure this out. Yeah. I know. I need to get – I need – that's such a talent in itself. It's really hard to be like the person – do you follow Emma Chamberlain at all? Yes. Okay. Like I think – I know now she probably has editors, but like that she could edit that way and be like the talent, I guess, in front. Like I just – you are talented in in two different yeah. rights. I mean, they're 
polar opposite things. And for me, like I just, the editing takes me like four years oh, yeah. to do a four minute video. Oh, I can't edit. Okay. I, I've never edited. Okay. Oh, I edited one Yay. video. I edited one video and it was like therapy editing. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so good. Cause I'm like, I can't do this. No, no. It's so bad. No. And I can't, I don't even know how to use Final Cut Pro. Are you kidding me? Oh I think I've gosh. used, what's the one that's on your phone? I don't even know the name of it. iMovie? iMovie? Oh yeah. That's yeah. the only one I know how to use and it's not good. No. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I don't know how to, know how to make I don't rules. know how to make like TikTok videos. Oh, where see, all I transitions and the- So hard. Nope. Lexi's like, oh God. <gasps> Lexi, you got some friends. Oh, well we have Natalie now. She's, she's, um gonna help with that because yeah it's too hard yeah so andrew has always been the editor he's offloaded to now we have a team of editors oh so, so he knew how to do all that stuff yeah he was the he was I mean, the, OG he was the OG editor. youtuber too he was the og youtuber adam's yeah. um trying to learn how to do some of that stuff so he yeah yeah he enjoys it more so does andrew yeah i don't enjoy it i don't i don't either no thank you this is great. This is great. Now I can I feel watch like, it I feel back. validated. Yeah. I can watch it back and, and be like, I don't oh, like it. Yes. But I, I don't know how I'm to like, fix hey, it. I'm like, hey, can you make this happen? I need you to like add this and do this. I don't know how that works, but I need you to do it. That's yeah. what I do. And they're like, thanks, honey. Well, yeah. I'm so excited because we're going to go on your podcast. Yes. And I mean, obviously, I don't, I'm, I'm trying my best. I don't know what I'm doing, but how have You're you- crushing. You're crushing it. No, no. How are, how is doing that together, the, oh, the couples podcast? We love it. I laugh because Lexi is sitting in the room and poor Lexi has had to witness a lot of fights that have happened because of the podcast. We call it marriage therapy. And you can just tell when things are going south and Lexi will just like exit the room. Like, I gotta go. Um, <laughs> but... It's amazing. So our podcast is called Couple Things. And all we do is talk about things that relate to couples. So finances, marriage, dating, whatever it is. Um, and so it's truly really like marriage therapy. It's like the one, like a solid hour where we can sit down and talk about so many things and with other couples. So it's so much fun. We love it. But it does tend we probably like an argument a month, which isn't bad. I think that's good. Yeah. Do you you capture it though, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, perfect. Poor editor. <laughs> I We were literally filming um, a touchy subjects podcast the other day, like going through all the touchy Ooh. subjects of marriage. And we are going through what are our touchiest subjects. And it was towards the end of the podcast. And our touchiest subject is dogs. It is. I treat dogs like absolute royalty. And it, he doesn't? He does. I'm like, oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So he just was raised in a family that treats dogs differently. Not like bad. No, I, they, I they don't like abuse animals. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like dogs aren't allowed in the bed or like dogs can't lay on the couch or whatever. They don't um, have a portrait of their dog like we do. No, yeah. House. I have like, okay. Yeah. yeah. I have like a custom made so yes, do we. portrait. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but there was one argument that came up when we were dating over a dog, whatever, and we were reliving it, and it will never get resolved, ever. But our poor editor, I just was like, Caroline, <laughs> around minute 48, just kind of like skim 
and maybe delete the whole thing. You don't have to listen, but there you go. <laughs> that is so funny. So that is what, so what are your like big projects that you're working on now? Obviously the podcast. I'd say podcast and family made. It's like our yeah. biggest. Family made is a dream of ours of uplifting family content. And then a selfish little goal of mine is to become anonymous someday and quietly back into a dark hole of no longer posting my family. So same. Yeah. I want, you want to create something that lives on for itself and it doesn't have yes. to have your name attached to it. Yes. That is, that is my goal. Which well. made me so happy when you're like, you partner with Family Man. I was like, yes, it's working. No, well, I, I, I didn't even know. I think that's, I saw it somewhere. That makes me so happy. Written I like that. That's my husband. Oh, well, he did a great he job. He did like a public like announcement. He's like, we partnered with Paley Mato. Yes. But like, it, it doesn't make sense. But okay. Well, I honestly, I was confused because I was like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I feel like they started this, but then it said it this way. So I'm going to say it like that. Great. So, but that is so great that you're even just like putting it out yeah. there that this is not about me. This is about yes. what this is about families and other people's stories. And it doesn't always have to be your own. So maybe maybe we'll both be in the Cayman Islands one day. I would love that. I hope so. Yes. Okay, this was so great. Thank you. I appreciate you so much for coming on here and just making me feel comfortable and just sharing so much of yourself. Oh, I've been sweating. I'm literally like I know. Well, we so had nervous. to <laughs> We had to turn the air off too. It's also just really hot. But I also am really excited to just get to hang out and um, you can show us all around all the best places in Nashville and we've met we have met Andrew before at the um, all the workouts. All the workouts. You're at all the workouts, which is even more intimidating. I'm like, she's a boss. Well, no, I'm not. Trust me. I'm like all the people around me. I'm like they are like when I say monsters, I mean that in a great way. Like monster, like athletes. And I am over here like what you at least are you go doing? to them. But I do go. I try, which is wild. I didn't go to that. Yeah, I was wondering where you were. But I also, the first time I met your husband, thought how he introduced himself. I knew he looked really familiar. And I'm not always good with like, I'm, I'm good with faces, but I don't always like know names. But he introduced himself. He was like, yeah, I'm friends with Nastia. Where am I? It's just like, we have, he, no, he said, we have a mutual friend, a Nastia Lucan. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, yeah. Where my mind goes to that is, oh my gosh, He's one of Nastia's ex. I even tell Adam, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's one of Nastia's ex. It has to be how he said it. I feel like, and then I get home and I'm like scrolling on Instagram. I'm like, oh my gosh, no, he's Sean. It's classic Andrew. I'm like, I'm also surprised he didn't like aggressively hug you because he's like, he doesn't know any social boundary of any kind. So he's just like, he's like, hey, what's up? And he like hugs you and no, you're like, I don't know who you are. No, he was so weak. Came home and be like, man, that guy, Nasia's ex. <laughs> it's so nice. He's so cool. Nasia will love that. So we actually used to all live together. And the funny joke is that me and Nasia are both Andrew's wives. Well. Um, <laughs> and he's like, we used to do this like dumb thing when we lived together where I'd be like, love you, babe. And then Nasia would be like, love you, babe. And he'd be like, love you, girls. And it's like, <laughs> it's so twisted and weird. But he'll think she'll think it's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, but he's he's the best. I can't wait to hang out with y'all more. Thank you for coming again. Thank you for having me. Thank you all for listening. Make sure I haven't done this yet to like and subscribe. All right, that's it. <laughs>
Save big money on everything. Now at Menards. Make quick work of your outdoor cleaning project with Masterforce Outdoor and Landscaping Tools. The 80-volt cordless trimmer is powerful, efficient, and hassle-free. So you spend less time working on your yard and more time enjoying the results. On sale now through May 19th. Check out our wide selection of Masterforce tools and see the rest of our deals on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.